0: Hey gang! Scooby-Doo's or Scooby-Don'ts is funded by Patreon. Join for early access to special bonus episodes and exclusive material, including the upcoming Scooby-Doo Book Club. Joining is the best way that you can be a part of shaping the material we produce, and we are super thankful to everyone who contributes. Thank you to... David Green Kyle Michaud Katie Maxwell Jordan Ferguson Pablo Corden Spencer Graham Matthew Bang Blake Sawyer, Ashley Martinez, Dan Reed, Gabriel Pezek, Toge, Anderson Skull, Wynne Richport, Samuel Chesser, Sarah Thal, Bradford N Smith, and Page on Gaming for funding this episode. Welcome to Scooby-Doos or Scooby Don'ts.
1: The original podcast that painstakingly goes through all Scooby-Doo media in search of those to Scooby-Doo absolutely or Scooby don't under any circumstance.
0: I'm your host Billy.
1: And I'm your host Amelia.
0: And we're watching Mecha Mutt Menace. <laughs> I am on record of being a little hesitant about robot dogs in this era of Scooby Doo. I think we've seen quite enough of them. So I was pleasantly surprised to see we did get something that made this robot dog distinct.
1: But it's still a fucking robot dog.
0: It's still a fucking robot dog, but Scooby wasn't jealous of the dog. Yeah, it he was. wasn't taking his place in the gang.
1: At the very beginning, he was super jealous of it.
0: It was very big. You can't argue that it wasn't very big.
1: That's true. You yeah. got me on big. Bigness and
0: bigness. <laughs> I mean, and admittedly, was it the only big robot dog in this very episode? No. No, it was not. There were multiple kaiju-sized
1: not, robot dogs. they were dogs. not that They big. were
0: baby kaiju-sized. All right, maybe not kaiju. Kaiju is putting it too much. But, like, Morpher-sized. Like, the Power Ranger, a Power Ranger, would get in one of these. You would need- <laughs> I'm not- I'm saying it's a Zord, Amelia, not a Mega Zord. I'm not blowing it completely out of proportion here. One person per vehicle.
1: Your tone implies that I'm over here. Disgusted yeah. that you've forgotten the name of the vehicles that Power Rangers get into.
0: Well, for some reason, I haven't, Amelia, and I <laughs> I know the difference between a Zord and a Megazord.
1: The nineties are dead, Billy. Let them go. <laughs> they
0: live through me. And you know what? What I'm saying is totally wrong, anyways, because one of these do- one of these dogs they specifically say takes two men to drive it, or or dogs. Just no women.
1: And hasn't that always been NASA's way? That has
0: kind of been it. You know what? Dogs were in space before women. And men. But, like, that's sort of the route that we went. We went dogs, men, women.
1: Have you ever seen, it's like a meme chart that floats around Tumblr every now and again about like the space race Mm -hmm. and how it was like the first man in space is the winner and then the Russians did this huge long list of things of like sending shit into space and then the Americans just happened to get to the moon first and they're like, we won! Won the space race, <laughs> even though Russia had beat you out like 20 to 1 before this point.
0: And you know what it's kind of like? It's like- and
1: cosmonauts just sounds cooler.
0: I have a great analogy. It's like you were giving someone a piggyback, and you were running with that person on your back for the whole time, and then, like, five feet from the end, they hop off your back, run to the finish line, and say, I won the race. Let's actually talk about the movie, shall we?
1: It's not a movie. It's
0: not a movie. It's an
1: episode. That's
0: the most important thing to say. Um, At first glance... I actually didn't write down anything, it's, but...
1: Okay, at first glance, we're like at a NASA... And analog. Yeah,
0: the, the annual science expo.
1: It's a fucking science fair. We enter... This NASA-grade science expo, and what we see is pitiful. Someone's pointing out the different ribs in a human body. They're (laughs) all ribs, yo. The next stall over...
0: (laughs) (laughs) They're all delicious.
1: (laughs) The next stall over is just a guy with, like, one of those (laughs) those, herbs you put your hands on and your hair goes frizzy. Like, his title was just electricity. You need to go home... We know what electricity is, and we are not awed by it anymore.
0: (laughs) I mean, I'm not going to say we're not awed by it, because I feel like you see one of those balls, hair goes sticking up on end. That's super cool. But it's not really progressing science, is it? We've had that for a while now.
1: You're in awe of a glowing orb that makes your hair stand on end?
0: Maybe I'm not in awe, but I, I get a cheap thrill. I'll say that. And for for something at an expo, you know, maybe for kids especially. You get the kids. I uh, saw no, no children. Kids. This was an adults-only science <laughs> I fair. I saw
1: no children here. This was not for the joys of teaching children STEM. This was adults.
0: This is the best that science can do.
1: Give me a premise.
0: At a Houston Science Expo, Scooby and the gang face a possessed canine robot. I really love the fact that it's not even the Houston Science Expo. It's one of many.
1: One of many. Oh, Texas is known for its love of science.
0: Well, I would- uh, Houston probably is. I mean, there- Texas is big. It gets a generalization, but I'll defend, like, Houston and Austin as being, like, cool places.
1: Nah. Americans made their bed and they can lie in it.
0: Well, there's one American I want to talk about, and it's Fred Jones because, like, totally balking at the normal formula we see for episodes like this, it's not Velma who's entered the science fair this time. It's Fred!
1: This is definitely a remedial science fair for adults. Velma is so above this.
0: Well, I, you know what? I just love that Fred is getting a, a chance here to shine! You, like, it's always been Velma at the science fairs. Fred has something to say, too. He has entered the science expo with one of his traps.
1: If that's not science.
0: It's, it's a big electromagnet.
1: You can't just slap an electromagnet on something and start calling it fucking science.
0: <laughs> I think it helps.
1: Why are you dumbing this down so much, Billy?
0: Because, Fred... I it's li- NASA! I, it's <laughs> not. Na- I agree. This is not NASA grade. But it's like, maybe it's all, like, high school students. I want to encourage Fred in his scientific studies. When I saw Fred there, he had a little wrench. He was being a little machine boy. And, like, let's celebrate that. Let's celebrate Fred. Get it, you know, he got into this science expo, and I'm going to spoil the ending here. He wins second place.
1: Yeah, because every other display was just absolute horseshit.
0: the electricity guy won first which is i find that ridiculous these
1: remedial adults and their crapshoot science i
0: also like i absolutely love the fact that it's like fred can he can win the science expo but only second they're like fred let's be on scale it back a little bit (laughs) fred winning first is a little too unbelievable
1: Uh, Fred at one point says that he would also be upset to lose a multi-million dollar piece of machinery. Maybe stop wrecking so much shit, Fred. Y'all remember when you were in Costa Rica and you used dinosaur skeletons in your (laughs) trap? That was multi-millions. We
0: have done a lot of math.
1: It wasn't machinery, but it was multi-millions. We have
0: shown how much damage you have done in a financial way.
1: And I've never once seen you get upset about it. (laughs)
0: But here, suddenly, empathy from the boy. Financial empathy. Fred is also finding a little bit of love this episode.
1: I don't know if I'd go so far as love. He does have the line, I'm not attracted to Melanie for her brains. So, uh, he's narrowing it down for us. It's either tits or ass. What do you think he likes her?
0: First of all, I wrote down that line, and then I wrote in all caps, WOW. Because it felt... So, and, and Fred sort of walked this back after he said it, but it just felt too blatantly sexual. Like, it just felt, it's like, I'm looking at that body, Daphne. Because it was Daphne he was talking to, which made it even more rude, I found.
1: So which is it, Billy? Do you think he's a T-man or an A-man? <sighs> I want to say ass, personally.
0: I, I was going to go up top. Up top. <laughs> Up top. I don't <laughs> for want- For
1: high fives. Yeah. He's I a high five it. man.
0: <laughs> Down low, too slow. No, Amelia didn't give me a high five there. That was some clever Foley work on my part.
1: Do you have anything else for Freddy?
0: Not really. Not really. He was scientific and he was thirsty. That was his story.
1: Uh, Let's do the Shaggy Scooby shenanigans.
0: This episode starts with them carrying medieval mauls and glaives.
1: You know the names, huh?
0: I'm saying them confidently. Whether that's actually what they are, maybe I'm not 100% sure. But doesn't it
1: feel right? Fred's trap absolutely depends on showing supernatural entities being chased through it. So Shaggy and Scooby, on top of carrying around the medieval weapons, are also presumably... Getting into costume at some point. Yeah, I would believe
0: full plate is involved.
1: Would you stop with the terms? (laughs) This has to be a full theater production for the judges of this remedial science fair at
0: Houston, NASA. That is what wins you second place at this prestigious event is a little bit of showmanship.
1: Pretty sure I said remedial.
0: And I said prestigious.
1: Scooby flat out wrecks another one of the displays, takes him out of the running because it's a display that has to do with food. Mm -hmm. So, of course, he eats it all. They're probably disqualified now.
0: Well, luckily, they didn't enter. They were just the dummies who were being displayed. And they took offense to that term. They get called dummies. And Scooby actually has a moment where he's like, who are you calling dummies?
1: No, 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 I'm saying that the food stall is now disqualified. Oh, the food.
0: Oh, I think you're saying they were going to be disqualified for no. damaging another stall.
1: No, they've, they've oh, okay. taken all their food, there goes the science. That See, that's a
0: shame, because the science behind agriculture probably is very helpful. Like, more people should know how to grow their own food.
1: Yeah, probably.
0: And, and you know what? In the world might be a more peaceful place if more people had gardens and less people had electromagnets.
1: Scooby is and then jealous by this giant dog. It gets displayed on stage. It is a Mars rover that had to be fucking welded to look like a goddamn dog. And it comes out on stage and it does its little tricks and Scooby gets jealous.
0: Was he actually jealous? Yes. Was, so here's the thing. In all these movies, it's like, oh my God, why can't you see that Scooby is so jealous and just let him know he's loved? I think I was in that position this time, where I was so taken in by Mechamut that I wasn't paying attention to how Scooby felt. Which is ridiculous, because it is an animated cartoon.
1: Scooby was absolutely jealous, and then um, the guy that's controlling the giant dog robot makes it do a quote-unquote trick. By having it sit and, like, beg, and he's just, like, looks like he wants a doggy treat. And Scooby's just, like, he's not getting any of mine.
0: Well, no, because this robot, he would need Mecha Mutt snacks. You're only allowed to eat snacks of your own name.
1: So, yeah, we've once again sent Scooby... Into jealous fits of rage over a robotic dog. This well, is the second time.
0: <laughs> I it's the third, Amelia. It's when was he l-
1: jealous of a third?
0: There pup? was a pup named Scooby Doo when there was a robot dog in there, and What's New Scooby Doo also had a robot dog.
1: I was thinking of What's New. I don't remember the pup one.
0: Yeah, it was. It was for a science fair.
1: Wasn't that just a computer?
0: No, I. Th- I'm pretty. I am confident. I'm not just pretty sure. I'm confident that Velma built a robot dog that Scooby-Doo was jealous of.
1: Why do we keep going back to this wealth? It's dry.
0: Well, I mean, and that's what I was saying. But I do think they found some new things to do uh, in this movie, particularly. Because I do think, also, Scooby-Doo gets over his jealousy fairly quickly in this movie. And it becomes a different thing. A good chunk of this movie is Shaggy and Scooby-Doo eating astronaut food. <laughs>
1: Yeah, they spend a good portion of this episode squirting shit-colored astronaut food into each other's mouths.
0: And I can't help but think that this is not the way we actually feed astronauts anymore. Like, maybe we did at one point of just they had their nutritional goo, but I think now we've realized that, like, the mental health of astronauts (laughs) is important too, and you don't necessarily feel good about yourself when all you're eating is goo for months on end. At the very
1: least, we've stopped feeding them goo out of a catheter bag. Yeah, like,
0: some dried snacks, I think, are fine. Like, that's the whole, like, ooh, space food. That's what I think of. I think of dehydrated things before goo.
1: But what if you bite into a dehydrated banana chip and it, like, I don't know, shatters and suddenly it's in all the instrumentation?
0: Like, well, because
1: we couldn't enclose anything, apparently. Why don't they
0: just eat in a room that has no instrumentation? <laughs> <laughs> it's, am I am I blowing the minds of NASA scientists?
1: They never thought to add a dining room. <laughs>
0: just a cafeteria <laughs> with, a, with, a, with an astronaut lady serving you sloppy joes. <laughs> Um,
1: Just as ridiculous as that mental image is Scooby with his Wile Coyote sign. Yeah. Where did that come from?
0: There is a moment in this movie where it's like the writers of Looney Tunes took over for like five minutes. So Scooby-Doo is about to go down in his mech and he pulls out a little sign that says rut
1: It's a better look for Wile E. It is. And he it- doesn't talk. That's why.
0: Yeah. Like that... It's only to communicate with the audience. There's, there's no in-narrative reason for that. It's breaking my immersion with Scooby-Doo.
1: And then, uh, the end of this, they get sent to space.
0: They accidentally board a ship that is going on a three-month mission to the space station. And I blame NASA for this. Why didn't you double-check who was in there? Like, you just scanned for life signs? And as soon as you see some, you you shoot it up.
1: Maybe they only assumed that astronauts would be in the space shuttle. Why are civilians and their dogs wandering but, like, in?
0: Like I would still do a rate like, or uh, hey Greg, do you have your seatbelt on? <laughs> Like, at I, minimum.
1: I'm pretty sure astronauts know to buckle their own seatbelts. Yeah,
0: but there's so many fucking- They gotta do checks!
1: No, I blame this Shaggy- It costs
0: millions of dollars!
1: I blame Shaggy. Shaggy's gonna come back down to Earth and he's gonna be court-martialed in some way. Court-martialed of his citizenship I they so to see, angry at him. You
0: know what? I want to see the whole episode. If is, is Shaggy and Scooby can do some hijinks in space on the space station- Oh my god. We're getting
1: go- that soon, isn't it? The moon madness up epi- Here's the what? thing,
0: though. Let me pitch this. Because it's like there's a ghost in the space station, which would logically mean that one of the astronauts <laughs> went up there with a ghost costume and is now pulling this scam for, like, three other people. But also the other half of my pitch would be uh, Velma, Daphne, and Fred on the ground with lawyers Trying to get this all worked out.
1: Oh, there's no way. They are disassociating themselves with these two real quick. They don't need to be stuck with these fees.
0: Boy, sure is fun in Chicago.
1: The Velma Vision. Do you have any notes for her besides that she gets lasered in the face? I
0: think we need to talk about this extensively. Mechamut is shooting its lasers around... That it is going to use to excavate on Mars or something.
1: Why would you use laser?
0: Don't know, but it shoots Velma in the face! Like, and we see these lasers actually cause harm later. They are used to, like, set off missiles that are in the parking lot?
1: We see these lasers create damage before they hit Velma. It sears off Fred's ascot.
0: Yeah, and I guess because... It hits her glasses, and it does, like, knock off her glasses.
1: Slices them in two.
0: Velma gets hit in the face with a laser beam.
1: I think it should have been a joke that now she's got lasik eye surgery.
0: Fuck, that would have been good.
1: Shaggy should have been like, "Oh, you finally got lasik! <laughs> no, no,
0: no, 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 My glasses! I can see without my glasses!
1: Ah, uh, mine's funnier.
0: I, no, I'm, I'm very confident in mine. Mine will play in the room. Why, why do I- Listeners, why do I do this? I just flat out sat here and told Amelia, no, my joke was funnier, and I expect to have a good time afterwards? Velma knows what's up, though. She knows the structure of Scooby-Doo at this point, because midway through this episode, she's just walking down the hallway and she says, two suspects and two missing friends. Sounds par for the course.
1: And is that all you have for her?
0: That is all I have.
1: Good, then let's move on. Daphne. She's jealous.
0: Yep. That's the note that Daphne's playing. She does not want to hang out with Melanie. Very jealous, Daphne.
1: So is this in the continuity of stage fright? Before or after she declares her love?
0: I would say it is a separate continuity. I I really want to lock these sort of DVD episodes together into something. So I think it's slightly separate from the movies. But still, like, there is a character named Irv in this episode, uh, who isn't great. But still, Daphne just sort of unloads on him. (laughs) The gang walk away, and she just sort of vents a little bit. And then she realizes what she did. But boy, yeah, She, she is jealous. At the end of this episode, she is vengeful and spiteful.
1: She, oh, she goes crazy with the I told you so's at mm-hmm. one point. And Fred has to be like, Daphne, inside voice. Ironically, they are outside, outside at the of time. The time.
0: It's, uh, I don't know, because it was only that note, I didn't care for it too much here. I want to get away from it a little bit. I want to see Daphne do something a little bit different than this.
1: It has to be mutual jealousy, like on Zombie Island.
0: hmm Or, like, how you had it in Stage Fright, where it was, like, the will-you-won't-you, and then you saw, again, it was mutual. They need to be on the same awkward plinth. Plinth? Plinth. It's like a pedestal, but perhaps more natural-looking?
1: Minor mentions. The girl in the background behind (laughs) Fred, who has entered a very similar concept, i.e., A trap. Now, whereas Fred has got a giant electromagnet and nets and glue resin and shit, she has got the literal children's game Mousetrap. Yes. How did she get into NASA with this?
0: In this continuity, the board game Mousetrap doesn't exist until now. She's the first one to come up with this, and she has invented the board game.
1: Well, then she needs to go to Hasbro, not well, NASA.
0: She was hoping the Hasbro scouts would be here at the science expo, but she sees Fred doing an obviously life-size version of it, and it, it just breaks her spirits. And she puts it away, and the game Mousetrap is never released.
1: That's fine. I never and, saw it work in real life. I only ever saw it work in the commercial.
0: Going to a minor mention who has changed the timeline less is Melanie Staples? Staples. Staples. My mistake. I think I wrote down her father's name correctly. Um, But she, at first I described her as the poor woman that Fred traps in a net coated with gum resins. But then things quickly turned flirty.
1: Yes, well, when a man sticks you to a gum resin net, a woman has a choice, and she chose to be flirty to try and defuse this obviously. Bad situation.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, she flirts, like, all through it, well past the resin scenario.
1: Well, she has since learned that he's not captured her to, like, rape and murder.
0: Right, okay, I see what you're saying. Like, oh, he was such a good surprise, and you are so broad-shouldered that yeah, maybe this can work. She is the daughter of Dr. Ned Staples, who is a former astronaut and current NASA scientist.
1: He has two perfect gray stripes of hair. I hate this character design because that's not how gray hair does.
0: It made me so jealous. It's I, it's a little bit of what I've always wanted. I've always wanted the Reed Richards. I think I would look great in that. And I don't know why I'm sounding angry like it can't happen. Like, I still got a full head of hair. And hopefully, you know, maybe it's not my time to go gray yet.
1: He has one gray hair that keeps growing out front. No others. I
0: keep trying to move it towards the side.
1: I've been plucking greys since I was like 23. Billy's had one. Bastard. Yeah, Yeah, but
0: you live with me. So I get it.
1: Um, Ned Staples is the kind of guy that gets back from a space mission and is awarded someone else's work. That he then takes and makes worse. Because he has this giant robot dog that he has quote unquote developed. And he gendered it. Yeah. This is a male dog.
0: He's got a big old dog dick right in there.
1: And it's fucking metal and wicked and... Yeah, and let's... I'm going
0: to skip ahead a little Ugh. bit. But there's another character, Dr. Devon Albright. And she is actually the inventor of uh, what she called the Rover 1. Which was a two-person operated planetary exploration vehicle seemed very practical and then like oh it's kind of shaped like a dog let's add a few more dog uh, parts for fun it's not a robot dog it's a vehicle that kind of looks like a dog rover that's
1: what they call the things on mars now
0: exactly and
1: then this asshole comes along her work is ripped out of her hands and given to the man with less qualifications, and, even, and he looks at it and is like, uh, mecha Mutt
0: <laughs> They specifically say that they will get more funding if he's in charge. It hit, So, like, oh, this is how things work. This is accurate. Mm-hmm. Was Mechamut Manus written by a woman? It feels like it might have been written by a woman. Let me talk over one to find that out. Rick Cop. <laughs> Fucking Cops.
1: Dog is cuter and better and fuck the dude that saw it and thought I'm gonna give it sharp metal teeth and red eyes and bulk it up with metal and missiles uh laser eyes for no particular reason because I don't know how space works. Rover
0: 1 those weren't eyes they were headlights where are your headlights now?
1: I guess because version 2 isn't like a manned yeah. It doesn't need headlights, but at the same time, it doesn't fucking need lasers, either.
0: There is one male character I know you did like. We discussed him at length as we watched the episode. The cowboy reporter. <laughs> who asked one question during the press conference.
1: But he looks like a cowboy, damn it.
0: What can this mechamut do about the corn? Will there be any wrassling about? Yep, that's it. We had we had some really fun banter, but it was mo- it was not mostly entirely off recording. So <laughs> I'm just maybe reminding future generations that Amelia and I can have fun without you.
1: Last, there's a dude named Irv. Uh, he is a gross, sticky little troll man who says sweets for the sweet.
0: That was my red flag too.
1: Of which. You have no right to invoke the Candyman, you even... gross, sticky little troll. See,
0: when Candyman says it, and let's be careful not to say it again, lest we die. <laughs> 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 when he says it, it it feels like it's a thing. It feels right. When just like men say it, it's like, mm, you're calling her the sweet. I don't like how this feels. And there's, like, a moment where it feels like, alright, maybe they're just, like, maybe he's just that kind of guy, and they're just friends, it's all good, but no. He is a total creep fest on Melanie.
1: Yeah, he's doing all this to Melanie. He gets a little bit angry at one point, because he thinks that it's her father doing all this to keep them apart.
0: Did not like that.
1: To which she has to gently remind him that... Oh, uh, he doesn't know how you feel. I certainly didn't, and then tries to back out of that situation real fast.
0: He literally wrote, I love Melanie, on his forehead. That's terrifying. And I'm a man.
1: Okay, villain.
0: Yeah, the mechamut.
1: First off, I want to say, they had a really cool option with this villain. Because there is a urban legend around nasa of a space ghost called the space vector that like got brought back to earth with a returning space crew and now haunts nasa and every time something goes wrong it's because of the space vector and yet you're gonna give me another fucking robot dog
0: i was so like because they made it seem like they lost contact with that crew and when it came back to earth All that returned with them was the space specter. And that was fucking cool.
1: Were they saying specter? I kept hearing vector.
0: It was, it was space specter definitely was what I heard.
1: I mean, that makes more sense, but I wasn't hearing specter like at all.
0: And I would have been fine if Mechamut like got, got possessed by this space specter. It's because it's a very hard phrase to say. I, I think you're right. Um... I would have liked to see it possessing different things, hop, from machine to machine. Instead, what we got was, admittedly, I I like that it was a bigger mecha mutt. I don't think it fit the theme particularly, but it did end this episode in sort of a mini kaiju fight, as as previously discussed,
1: which I don't care about at all because I don't like those movies. So. You're, you're really, you're not winning me over by just saying that over and over again.
0: I'm Well, I, I'm not intending to win you over. Your opinions are your own, and I know I cannot change them. Who is this Mecha Mutt? Melanie. Yes, it is. The woman who we all came to trust, who we all loved for apparently just her physical features, was a villain all along.
1: She wants her dad to pay attention to her. Her dad being the astronaut turned scientist.
0: Mm-hmm. There was one really good clue here. I mean, I say really good. There was a clue here that you picked up on quite early on. That her headband was metal.
1: Usually just plastic covered in fabric. But it, I, that was my one note for her before she became the villain.
0: And it, it turned out that that was a telepathic control unit for, for the Mechamut. Yep. And... I'm going to ask you straight up, Amelia. Is that feasible? No.
1: No, that it's is, not.
0: We don't have this.
1: NASA isn't going to build a robot that's like a giant dog. And you're not going to be able to control it with telepathy.
0: And like, has, did, Is it supposed to be controlled with telepathy? Or did she hack into it? He, did she hack a NASA?
1: Her worthless father. Was controlling it via fucking little joystick mm-hmm. box that he had in his hand.
0: Could they just not tell him about the telepathy?
1: I think she figured that out on her own. She wants her dad to pay attention to her because everything, like NASA, has always come first and he's neglected her and never seen how brilliant she is.
0: I don't think this is the way to do that.
1: What do you suggest? Sitting down and talking to him? He's not gonna listen. He's a fucking dude.
0: I think there is, uh, on the spectrum, between sitting down and talking to him and Control NASA's mutt. there's probably somewhere in between.
1: I, have you met men, Billy?
0: Not many. Was this a scary monster?
1: No, absolutely not. One point for size, zero points for anything else. I'm sick of robots, especially dog robots, and you're going to introduce the badassery of a space ghost and then not utilize it? To give me another fucking dog robot. Yeah. Go watch What's New. That's the only dog robot episode you need. Maybe the Terminator dog from Mystery Incorporated. This is awful. Zero.
0: There was that Terminator. There's been many dogs, haven't there been?
1: Yeah, you kept saying Velma built robot dog. That's why I didn't chime in with the...
0: Yeah, so Velma's built too, but then others have been built by other people. And that, like, if you want to throw Dynamut in there... You're getting even more. This might be our fifth robot dog.
1: I'm tired of it.
0: More specters from space. Do you have any general thoughts or feelings on this episode?
1: I don't like the Melanie wrap-up. I knew as soon as the, like, five-minute fight sequence started, I was like, oh, it's one of the staples. It's either the father or Melanie. And it turned out to be Melanie, but it should have been Ned staples. And his reasoning should have been, it's not ready to go into space because I don't in fact know what I'm talking about. And they could have given the project back to the woman who started it and deserved it.
0: Yeah, it's very odd that that conflict was brought up and nothing happened with it. I figured it was Melanie from the point where we saw the sticky substance on the keys, because they make a point of really letting us know that Irv has sticky fingers. So I'm like, that's clearly a red herring. It's probably Melanie. But then when we see Melanie with the gang during the fight, I started to not suspect her. So having it actually be her, like, they threw me off the trail completely. So, I mean, I'm glad you were still on her heels. But overall, is this a Scooby-Doo or a Scooby-Don't?
1: It's a Scooby-Don't. I'm so sick of robot dogs. it, It was just fucking boring. Why are they at a remedial science fair? Like, why is it another robot dog? Why is it any of these things when it could be literally anything else?
0: Yeah, I'm not a fan of just Daphne is jealous plotline. There were a lot of individual moments that I liked. Like, I I was good while I was watching it. I think talking about it like this has cooled me on it quite a bit. I would either go from a, a high don't to a low maybe. It's it's right in that range. I might still give it a low maybe. But uh is it my favorite of this quote unquote season? Hell no.
1: Stop calling it a season. <laughs> I'm I'm
0: trying to do a thing. Why? Because it makes me happy. Listeners, if you'd like to reach out to us, we can both be found online. I am at the Billy Seguire. Amelia is at Fatal Amelia and we can be found collectively at Scooby underscore Doos.
1: That's on Twitter, since Billy can only ever say the word online.
0: It just rolls off the tongue better. You
1: can also find all our old stuff streaming on our YouTube, Tumblr, and WordPress page, all under Scooby Doos or Scooby Don'ts. We have a Patreon with a Scooby-Doo book club starting any day now. Possibly maybe even already started if Billy, uh, understands the... Tone gravity of the situation I'm, I'm using on him right yes. now
0: yes he does
1: and you can visit my own personal YouTube page for other spooky related things coming up next I think is Wrestlemania <laughs>
0: <laughs> and on that note
1: that's it from Scooby Dooby Us the
0: Scooby Dooby he's in space
1: No one can hear you do in space.